Hello everybody, welcome to The Banished Zone, the show about flesh and blood with Bryn. And with Chris. Yes, we are on Twitter as at Banished Zone and at Blue Plunder Run, mm-hmm. so those are the things you should know. I feel like the show is new enough that if you stumbled here, maybe you would want to know that right up front. That's true. This is the 10th episode of The Banished Zone. Ooh, with the big one up. <laughs> the big zero one zero, <laughs> Nice and symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hey, we made it. Yeah. It's a real show. The haters said we wouldn't get here. <laughs> they were always saying that to me. Uh-huh. They're always saying, hey, these people aren't going to make it to episode 10. They won't make 10 episodes. How could you make 10 episodes about flesh and blood? It's about just a card fle- game. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly what they're saying, but I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to repeat what they We're here saying. now, and that's what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, So flesh and blood has been going through it in a good way. Mm. I oh, think okay. I was like, wait, what they have <laughs> in what way? Uh, but the good way. Right. Well, we've been going through it. Mm-hmm. And by it, I mean the gauntlet playing way too much. The flesh gauntlet and blood. of flesh and blood. Yeah. Uh, playing way too much. The last weekend was the battle hardened mm-hmm. and battle hardened uh, in New Jersey. Not to be confused with the battle hardened in Auckland? Leeds. Oh, oh. Uh, no. Auckland's having a calling. I think. Right. There I was a Leeds and there was a Leeds battle yeah, hardened in the UK. Yeah, there's the, been the British battle on. We are <laughs> battle on. Yeah, that's how you guys talk. That's probably what they would say. Yeah, <laughs> probably was a lovely old job as well. The battle hardened. Yeah. Um, they, we had mm-hmm. it in Jersey yeah. at the same exact building in the same exact convention center mm-hmm. as the Pro Tour One. Yeah. Which we also went to. Uh, this was an interesting experience I for multiple reasons, and I wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to the actual playing of the games in a moment mm-hmm. um, and how we did and what we what we felt about it. But I wanted to mention that it was a really interesting one-to-one. Uh, you, you wouldn't get uh, this scientifically uh, mm-hmm. set up of a of a hypothesis between channel fireball and SCG con. That's or true. Star city games. Same, same building, same type of event. Three days. Yeah. A little less fancy cause it's not the pro tour, but like same thing basically. So, so they're slightly different. I have h- hopes for, for SCG mm-hmm. because of the things they did right. But I do think that they did some things wrong that channel fireball didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that they did right where our cat is meowing really loudly. <laughs> I don't know if that's being picked up. I'm guessing no. I think no. It probably just I'm making a weird face for no reason. I don't know what she's talking about. I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> she is yowling because uh, for no reason. She just wants food. Probably it's not really any. It's don't worry it's about normal. it. But I was distracted. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. not be distracted. Um, you were S- saying SCG, they made mistakes that you think Channel Fireball didn't make. Right. So. The thing is, is that it was also a magic event. Right. Um, yeah. Just as much a magic event. I well, feel like it, it was definitely an, more so. Yeah. That, that's like what, that's, I think that's kind of the, uh, the idea behind Battle Hardens is that like the reason they take place all in one day is because they're supposed to like take place as events at bigger conventions where it's like, or like not specifically flesh and blood, not events. specifically flesh and blood events. Yeah. They're often at a thing like an SCG con or I feel like they've had them at like Gen con or something like other, just like random conventions. Right. Like one of the I gotta say have. I've, I expected a lot better from magic in, in, in what like, way? Like considering that it is a 30 year old brand, mm-hmm. like it was 
even less impressive than Pro Tour 1 mm. for them. And I know that like... You mean in terms of like stuff on the walls or like theming or anything? Anything. That, yeah, yeah, there was one or like three artists there, right? Like two artists. Mm-hmm. Mark Poole was there. Mark was cool. Poole was yeah. there and I got a lot of stuff signed. Mm-hmm. And that's very cool. But it's like... What <laughs> Steve Argyle and Federico Mazzetti was there for for Pro Tour one. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's all. And it was like I thought that was like I don't know, not not chintzy, but it's like, you know, they're just getting started. Sure. Right? It's like Oh, Pro sure, sure. I see Pro what Tour you're one. We don't have any visitors. Like we don't have any special guests. Mm-hmm. Like that's weird, right? Like the professor wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um they only had two artists. Uh, there's probably a lot of different types of people that people would have been interested in having. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, well, it's their first try. People mm-hmm. are really here to play the game. I mean, James White was there. James White was in the, in the booth all day at the first Pro Tour. No, I know. Of course, but James White's going to be there. It's the Pro Tour. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know. It's just like there's, you'd think there'd be more vendors and more, like mm-hmm. it'd be a, I'm just used to comic conventions. This is the thing okay, sure, is yeah. that I have gone to comic conventions my entire life. I've worked them. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I was a big comic book fan. Um, I worked in comic book stores growing up. So I'm just used to a convention that has a ton of stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, yes, there's the games going on. But like, still, if you want to walk around and see stuff, if you want to see... <laughs> I'm sorry. If you want to see like artists and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, vendors who sell lots of different types of card games... Um, then you can compared compared to like the card game things we've gone to, it's like way busier and flashier and stuff. Card games are a billion dollar industry, right? Like co- comic book conventions have to be really small and have no backing from anything to be this lame. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, just if you're a magic player, like <laughs> has this never gotten to you? Have you ever been mm. like, it'd be cool if there was like. I don't know, a guy dressed up as Nico Bolas or something. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. W- what, what is this? There was at the pro pro tour. Cause there was like the cosplay I contest. Know, I'm just saying. Sure. Sure. For magic. And maybe it's, maybe it's cause it's not magic. Is there a magic convention? Uh, like, is there a magic con? There was magic 30 this year. Remember like the 30th okay, anniversary. That's a big, that's a thing. That's not a once a year thing. Yeah. I don't really know if they have a once a year thing. I feel like it was probably just I'm like, just very surprised that the card game convention, the biggest card game conventions are like, a bunch of tables in a room and that's all. Yeah, kind of, like, it's kind of what it was, yeah. It, you couldn't really tell the magic tables from the flesh and blood tables other than no what designating, cards they had. Yeah. Literally no, not a single designating icon mm-hmm. or color. Yeah, Like, yeah. come on. I just feel like it's all, I feel like somehow card games have been taken over just completely my perspective from one year of going to them. Mm. Like, it seems like at some point the companies that took over and built this like circuit were just like the least interested companies and mm-hmm. in the in like making it a cool and fun experience for players um, yeah yeah it definitely was especially like this convention center is like it's a good convention center in terms of like space and accessibility so no complaints there but it's just like this huge stark room where there's like and and two and, bathrooms the water fountains didn't work and comic I, th- I think they specifically turned them off because mm-hmm. they're selling water, which is despicable and shouldn't be illegal. It's horrific, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, if it is legal, I'm not even sure. I don't know. Um, water in the bathroom, I guess, technically. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's probably not legal. Like, 
we know you're turning it off the water works everywhere else mm -hmm. like what what is going on um but comic book conventions are generally in rooms like that like mm -hmm. that's usually what a comic book convention would look like but it'd be full of people same mm -hmm. with video game conventions you know sure yeah like yeah. video games obviously card games aren't at that level mm -hmm. sure but i feel Not like many things are <laughs> yeah but i feel like generally there's just like booths with stuff that are like fun to look at and guides people over to it yeah and again i know the whole point is the sitting down and playing the games yeah. but if that was the case then why are they just still like shitty folding tables and folding chairs mm -hmm. like maybe step it up a notch a little bit yeah i don't know this is not lss or i mean as far as i know it's not wizard's fault either mm -hmm. um but the fact that they have only allowed these, like, wizards, Hasbro, has allowed their circuit to become just, like, this really slapdash kind of project feels really strange to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, especially for, for wizards, for Hasbro, it's, like, it's probably viewed as kind of, like, a, the money pit aspect of their brand. Like, before Flesh and Blood was a thing, they were, like, moving away from even being... Like, it was the thing they still sold paper versions of, but it was, it was kind of just, like, magic was going to move to the computer and the phone, and that was just, like, the easier way to play competitive right. magic it's anyway. It's interesting because I, I wonder if, like, back in the 90s, because we've seen videos of, like, they they were, like, paying people who were, like, popular players, like, mm -hmm. you know, to, to be kind of, like, celebrities, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they were trying to turn it into, like, a televised thing. Yeah. And those have, like, you know, there's, like televised magic games that look like they're in like dungeons and stuff you know mm -hmm. like there's like all this pomp and and yeah yeah and, and uh i want to say circumstance but that's not what i'm saying that's the graduation theme yeah um, <laughs> but design right? yeah making it feel like you're somewhere cool yeah so i don't know it's just very odd yeah, um, maybe i mean it's like it's one thing to design yeah because it, it, I, I wonder I, if it's been on a slow decline yeah, since maybe. then and they're just like well it's not making us as much money as we wanted to mm -hmm. make so they just stopped investing in it is my guess i'm not really sure yeah cause let like, me know if you've been into magic for a long time i i really don't know what i'm talking about in terms of the history of it but mm -hmm. i'm just sh saying like what i've seen going to them is like companies don't seem to invest as much mm -hmm. anymore uh yeah i mean even even we've talked about like the tent at worlds where it's like some of the like footage and like the games and stuff. It like looks pretty nice, but people have talked about being at worlds and it was like, it was kind of dark in the tent and there were no bathrooms inside. And it was just like, yeah, it was a tent. Well, right. It, it, like, and looked weird. And we've talked about before. It seems like the person responsible at LSS doesn't mm -hmm. work there any, any longer. And Mr. White himself seemed to be a pretty upset about yeah. the way worlds went off mm -hmm. um especially at the location um so but this isn't an official you know lss i mean i'm sh it's lss sponsored but it's mm -hmm. it's a star city games convention yeah um and so i i i was surprised at how similar it was mm -hmm. um and how it didn't seem like there was any differentiation between magic and flesh and blood as a matter of fact um when we played in the armory mm -hmm. on friday um, I looked at my gem account and sat at the table and the person next to me was like, uh, there's like a game going on. Like I was like, they're like, are you playing? <laughs> and mm -hmm. I was like, no, I mean, I'm, I'm playing flesh and blood. They're like, this is not the table. There's like a magic game going on this table. Oh, okay. And I was like, was what? that when they, they accidentally put like 
twenty they instead put of six hundred twenty. Yeah, our, they put the number. wrong numbers. So the wrong like, table numbers. They're like, yeah, whoops! Yeah. <laughs> so I had to like run all the way across the building to like mm-hmm. sit down and play my game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the judges were nice. The judges did a good job. There mm-hmm. was some like LSS seemed to be employees. Uh, oh, were there who? Uh, one of the judges was an LSS employee. He said he was going to be on the big like character map or the car- mat. Oh, okay. The one that has all the employees as like heroes and stuff. Oh, I don't think I talked to that person. That's cool. Like the head judge or something. Yeah. He was like a New Zealand guy. Okay. Um, cool. And uh, so, you know, people were doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Everything went off without a hitch as far as I can tell. The food, there was food. They had better food this time. Yeah. They had ac- they had food. Yeah, that's like, true. At, I got some fruit and it was like a lot better than like cause last time was like really it was like inedibly hard chicken strips. Right. And like, yes, nachos with the like molten fake so- fake cheese sauce. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like candy bars and stuff. I don't think there was much more. The, uh, this time they had a hot dog. They had a burger. Mm-hmm. They had pizza. They had, you know, just like probably like 10 15 things and all mm-hmm. of them seemed edible yeah um it might have even been the same like vendor but it just um people complained a lot man I, you know I, I'm or, th- or, or scg con just pays them more they were like they, they bought not the cheapest package of food possible <laughs> yeah yeah for a thousand people yeah yeah i'm just remembering we were watching a uh a vlog from as from go again gaming shout out to as shout out as he did a vlog again. <laughs> of the uh leads battle hardened they so shouted me out on living legends again oh yeah again well, that shouted me out they shamed me once again they shamed you again <laughs> for getting his name wrong i thought that already happened once yeah yeah they were just fucking with me i see i see uh but it is funny too be listening to your podcasts and then hear like Bryn, i'm just fucking with you you were spreading misinformation <laughs> once again <laughs> uh, i'm like whoa wow yeah i was just remembering that uh I know. No hard feelings. Yeah. I, I love your show. Yeah, it's a great show. Um, he was recording the like opening uh, announcements and stuff at the Leeds Battle Hardened. And the guy was like, uh, and if you want beer, you can go over here and get it. And I was like, man, they had beer at their Battle Hardened? <laughs> that would have been cool. It looked nicer. Like the building it was in looked cooler. It, it looked way smaller somehow. And I don't know how they fit like 200 people. Maybe it was just for the Battle Hardened and not Magic as well. So I feel like these events and other, like whenever I look at, like, remember like the Lil event space it looked beautiful like yeah i mean mean, they didn't have air conditioning because it's europe but like true yeah you know um it's trade-offs but america does seem to have some really big problems and you know wizards is an american company and i wonder what that means for flesh and blood because lss really wants or has said that they're really trying to make the the professional tournament like a real thing again an Mm in-person um you know, professional level tournament scene Mm -hmm. that like is a real thing that people want to go to. And I feel like if they can, I think they're going to put a lot more money into it than, than wizards ever did. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're putting more money into into, like prizing and stuff this year than they did last year. So I would, is it 2 million this year? Uh, I don't remember if they, they they said something about how it was going to be, be more like, and and maybe it's like they, they at least like guaranteed the same amount and they're planning for it to be more. So I would hope they put more money into the organ the organizing and the event and stuff as well, not just the prizing. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the balance though, right? Like, yeah. what kind of hell do you have to go to to get the money? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't think they want it to be as as intense as it is. I feel like the whole structure of the way these things go is a little bit designed around 
getting it done rather than like it being a fun experience for the players. Mm. Um, sure. Like you mean you, you feel like it's all focused on just like get everyone to their table, get the games played, get the next round started. There aren't bathroom breaks built in. There aren't food breaks built in. Yeah. Like that is not how people exist. Uh, and yeah. I feel like there's become, I mean, it must just have become a thing that people accept that it's At like these events. Yeah. That yeah. you have to finish your games quickly. You have to run to the bathroom. You have to sh- bring cliff bars and, and mm-hmm. you know, whatever soylence or whatever and just yeah, like yeah. drink at the table and like that's like that's not a fun experience for anybody yeah i mean especially I, for a battle hardened like because this one i think we just had crossed the threshold i think the threshold is 128 if you're under that it's seven rounds of swiss but we were at, yeah. like 130 so it was eight rounds i think so we were 129 it was 129 yeah so it's sort of like there are there are eight rounds that have an hour each scheduled into them so it already is eight hours of Swiss starting at 9am and then they have to play an untimed top eight, which like they had to make sure to not take too long because the venue was going to close. So it's like, that's sort of the, the trade off of it being a, uh, a one day event is that they have to squeeze. If okay. Well then it, it doesn't need to be eight. Like that needs that mm-hmm. either. That has to be like LSS needs to do something about that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I or just, have it at a venue that can be open till midnight and then it I goes just longer. don't believe anybody actually like people do enjoy playing the game, uh-huh. but nobody wants it to be timed like this, right? Like, is there any is there any like buddy out there who's like a professional player or something who's like advocating it for to be like no bathroom breaks built in? Yeah, I feel like, like there should just be like a ten minute break in between in between the rounds and not just like immediately have to go. There should be table. there should be a little meal. There should be like a thirty minute break to run and get something. I think some of our, our our local friends who went to Nats said that there was like a, a lunch break at Nationals because Nationals had a two day process, mm-hmm. so they had something built in there. But this was right. I'm was just nothing. saying, if you're scheduling something, it should it should be scheduled around how people are mm-hmm. like <laughs> you sh- nobody likes getting a loss because they had to go to the bathroom or an ip2 or whatever yeah like, yeah that's that kind of stuff is that's is stupid bogus. and bad like yeah you shouldn't it's, have it's to- punishing yeah it's not uh it's not a it's not a relaxed night at the armory for sure to play but, in but i don't and i'm i don't think it's i i'm anticipating uh, maybe uh incorrectly but anticipating uh a response of like well if you want to be the champion you got to put yourself through it or whatever and it's sure. like i just I don't think in any sport that's like the right move. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have to suffer to play the game. Mm-hmm. Like obviously you can argue about like pushing yourself or, you know, mm-hmm. training really hard or whatever, but like you have to take care of yourself too. That's a part of being a strong player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have your basic needs needs met to like play a game or think properly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're going to play worse if you are holding you're you know you're holding your pee or something or you're like starving mm-hmm. yeah that's one of the reasons headaches i uh, being hungry it's one of the reasons i enjoyed playing five it's because i i had some some rounds where i had like a nice 20 minutes left after the game finished so i had time to go to the bathroom and get food and stuff <laughs> right i'm i was on icelander which was a mistake yeah um, you tortured yourself because a little i was bit. going to time almost every fucking game mm-hmm. um yeah and i mean it i think there was like breaks like it felt like there was i'd go to time and there'd be like five minutes between games um and, yeah I think but it never th- felt built in there wasn't like another timer that was like time until the next game starts I it would th- just be like plus and then continue growing i think that was just happening because uh if you do a judge call like if you call a judge and it takes a little while for the judge to show up and for them to like solve your issue 
they add that time back into your round. Right. So, but then it just starts at 55 and then it starts when it starts. There's no like, here's how much time you have to yeah, use the yeah. restroom. It, it feels like soccer where there's just like, at the end of the game, you have to, you get extra time for how many timeouts happened or whatever, but it's unclear how much. Right. So I just, I'm saying that's bad. It would be cool if like, that after I, four rounds, it was like a 20 <laughs> minute built in break where like no one was playing and you could just go. At least. Use the bathroom Just to or have a little just to eat a card dog or something. Although then everyone would line up at the food and it would all get slammed. And I don't know. Well, I don't know what that's going to be. It's not our job to figure out how the scheduling works. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying. So it's, it's punishing for sure. I'm not going to argue with that at all. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing should be like that. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's just how competitive card tournaments are. Like maybe it's always just been like that. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I think it is. But I think yeah. if LSS is trying to make something of it, I think in a lot of ways it needs to change. Mm um because wizards probably abandoned it for a reason <laughs> and only yeah. the most dedicated freaks are going to come to something where they have to like be in pain <laughs> yeah or like be discomforted you know like mm-hmm. it should be something you can do like walking around disneyland or whatever is exhausting sure yeah. but like there are amenities yeah you can easily go to the bathroom you can easily take a break and go to get food or whatever mm-hmm. but it's fun you know yeah so i'm just saying You know, if LSS wants lots of people to come to these things, mm-hmm. then it should be a good time yeah. <laughs> for everybody, right? Um, speaking of a good time for everybody, people have been having an argument online mm-hmm. about variance for some reason. This is a weird one, yeah. Where did this come from? Uh, Tarek Patel, I think, started Tarek it. Tarek Patel. I believe he was the, the first tweet where he was like... Oh, yeah, it was like a hot take. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, the take is basically what that it's not the best for getting new players into the game when variance is really low in the meta because it means new players can never win. So then they feel bad about the game and they want to quit. Right. He was saying that Starvo was better. I guess, or like Chain or Starvo Chain was better because it was more fun because there was more variance or whatever. And I'm just very confused about this. Kugane was trying to explain to me um, about how how many players there are in terms of growth. And oh, yeah. They were looking at 90-day um, XP, like people mm-hmm. who had played games. Just like how many people there were who at least had like one or three XP or something, like had won a game at an armory or at an event or whatever. I guess I, I I wasn't really following exactly how they were working on it, but I don't yeah. know if there's data about how the game is growing. All I've seen is people saying that it's growing. Like, yeah, I, I mean, don't think we're having like anecdotally around us. It's growing like our local armories keep getting bigger. Like there's more people getting into the game constantly. Local players that we know only like one or two have basically, I think we know two people who have been like, we, I want to quit f- flesh and blood. One, because he was too busy, and one, because she was like, the game got too competitive, and I don't want to, I'm not into that, or too And expensive. they were very interested in PvE, if that mm-hmm. comes to fruition, or whatever. Yeah, but in terms like, of number of people, it's like, there's been 10 times as many, 20 times as many new players as there have anyone who's actually quit the game. Yeah, there's regularly, you know, too many players for the stores. Yeah, at this point. In New York City. Mm-hmm. So... Our, my experience has been that there has been no problem with retention of, yeah. of players. Um, so yeah. even, I guess I guess my only thing is I kind of get so I kind of get what Tarek is saying here that like 
if the game is chess, yeah, then people are going to, you know, maybe some people are going to bounce off it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that chess is the biggest game in the world, and no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's true. People still are very passionate about competitive chess. And also people play chess casually, too. Like, people have fun playing chess even like with the personally knowledge. i think they're psychos chess, chess is not a fun game chess, chess is too dry <laughs> chess is very dry to me and it's like i do think that's a good that's a good example or a good sort of like thing to avoid is that like I, I do get it that like the stuff that has variance and is or just stuff that's broken like not even variance necessarily but it's like briar is a fun hero to play even though like the amount of value she gets on like random generics and channel Mount heroic is kind of stupid. Like combo viz seem really fun. Chain is very fun. Chain is fun. Starvo seemed fun. So it's like to a certain extent having some level of like broken stuff you can do in a card game, I think is it's like part of the reason people play card games. Cause it's, you know, you want to have the feeling of like, you know, getting the best hand in poker or like winning solitaire where you just, you want the mm. cards to come together and you're just like, look at this combo. Look at this full, like full house. Everything came together. Now I do this crazy thing and your opponent can't stop you. I think that's kind of like the draw of card games uh, to, to, some degree. To, to some degree, but to some degree, but like nobody wants to play, you know, everyone complains about Yu-Gi-Oh for being like, right. You know, Oh, I got the combo first. So uh-huh. I win. Oh, I have a, a, a trap in my hand that cancels your combo. Well, I have an anti-trap right. trap and or I mean, whatever. What we're basically saying is like the game should be designed well, right? Like right. It, it should be in not... between Yu-Gi-Oh and chess. <laughs> it should be yeah. strategic and, and planned, but also it shouldn't be like, but within that, those two gulfs, right? Like, I think Flesh and Blood very squarely sits there. Yeah. Like, like I think I think to the, the needle between Starvo and and Icelander or whatever is like pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Starvo seems like like at at a high level, like in a Starvo mirror, it probably is a lot of skill because it's like tracking you and your opponent's pitch stack and right. keeping track of exactly what cards have already been played and knowing like who is going to get like a fused oak and old first in the pitch stack or something like there's a lot of skill expression there. Right. So I'd guess, I guess like it's an odd thing to say without any proof or like if LSS had come out and said like, well, we're, we're, we were growing and now we're not growing as quickly or something uh-huh. like maybe there would be a reason to explain that. And then I'd be like, Oh, well maybe the game got more intense and, and more competitive. Um, and that's because of the lack of variance, but that's as far as I know, not true. So yeah, it, it that's, that's what's so confusing to me. It's not that I necessarily even think that the, that it's a wrong thing mm-hmm. to say. It's just like, is it, is it happening? Yeah. It didn't, it didn't strike me as a take that was so much like, this is definitely why people are leaving, but more of just like maybe a thing that people have experienced in magic and other games before where they're like, if a game mm. is too like, crunchy and high level and competitive and new players feel like they stand no chance then sometimes as it goes on longer it gets insular and people bounce off it more maybe that's a, a, a thing people have experienced and they're sort of like getting that vibe that it could happen because i will say it feels like right now if if you like got into flesh and blood like this month and we're like okay i want to build a competitive deck like it is a little daunting some of the the, the prices on cards like the tunic is over 200 dollars now it's so expensive everything's so expensive crown of providence now. is like a card you really need and is so expensive like i remember when we joined and it was like i think arcanite skullcap was like 120 or something when we started playing i don't even remember really like, like 180 there were some cards that you needed that were like in the like 
mid hundreds. Like I, it felt crazy to open but a tunic. Everyone told me like you don't really need a skull cap, and the truth mm-hmm. is, is that I don't know if I really did. Yeah. It's not time. like it changes what your deck can do. Like, yeah, because we were learning anyway, so it's not like we had the skills to like suddenly win a bunch of games with more <laughs> optimal decks anyway. Right. So it's like, but we just had the like, but I want to try. Yeah. Like drive to it. Yeah, and it, it's definitely something that I don't empathize with in terms of experience, and I don't think you do either, because neither of us won much at the start of the game. Like, I feel like I was winning like maybe a game an armory or you know no games in armory and right. it didn't make the game less fun it was still fun to learn and play against you right i mean I, that's the other thing about it right that it, it doesn't feel like it's something that um that's as a f- kind of new player myself mm-hmm. right like i mean it's been a year mm-hmm. uh that i've been into a card game once yeah um it just doesn't speak to my experience at all mm-hmm. like if i was just like getting rolled by stuff that i didn't understand more than i was yeah yeah um just because i would be able to pull it off once or twice wouldn't make me feel good about it i just feel like oh this game is just a dice roll yeah and that would feel really be like oh why would i want to invest in this at all right what's what's fun, what's about, fun this? about this yeah game? yeah and i don't i think it's really hard to imagine a game that has those feelings sometimes and not all the time Right? Like, it's hard to imagine mm-hmm. a game where you're like, there's a, like, it's hard to imagine Flesh and Blood where you would be like, have a hero who is just like, any idiot can like grab the deck and then steamroll people sometimes, mm-hmm. but not all the time. That would like, how would that exist? Right. Oh, you mean like, how would there be like a low level of variance or? How would you have like some variance, right? Yeah. Like you can and only, I mean, the game has to be designed around like around that, right? Like and, Flesh and, and Blood is a game that has variance just by the nature of it being a card game. Right, it's a card game. Like there's variance. You could you play, draw. you could play Briar <laughs> and then draw Channel Mount Heroic every game. And then that's variance. Like, right. It's, it's a deck building game. There's, so it's there's like, combo-y decks you could play. You can build your own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but like, the idea that you'd be able to just like have a little of that feeling for new players doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't quite. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, and it's not like new players could have even picked up Starvo. Like I kind of wanted to try Starvo out when I first thought six months into playing the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, I didn't have that deck. Yeah. Back then that was a very expensive that deck, right? Been because like a, it was like a thousand dollar deck. Yeah. Cause you needed a tunic, which we did have a tunic at that point, but like you would have needed crown of seeds, which at the time I feel like was over a hundred dollars because it was in the, the best was. deck. There was crown of seeds. You needed both shields, which were each in the hundreds. Wait, you know, crown of seeds. Yeah. Crown of seeds was like $170 at that time. Okay. Cause you needed it for the best deck. Yeah. Um, and then there was, you needed stalagmite and you needed rampart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are both a hundred. I feel like. Over, yeah. Probably. And you needed Crater Fist, which probably was, I don't know how much that was. It was like 40, 50 at the Ye- time. Gosh, that's crazy. It's only 20 now. I know, but it's there's no Starfo. Yeah, there's not so, Starfo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're talking about like hundreds of dollars, maybe a, like upwards of a thousand at the time uh-huh. Um, to even play that deck. So it's like, yeah. is that new player friendly? Like I built a Viscerai and it was like a couple hundred bucks mm-hmm. and I was like... <sighs> Like yeah, I was like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. feel good about this. Like I was like, this seems crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, also the deck got banned pretty quickly after that. And you're like, oh great, creepers, no use for these anymore. Not creepers. I mean, like I still played Viscera. I didn't realize like, mm-hmm. but like banning Skeleto 
a thirty dollar card. Yeah, yeah, which is now time, now a five dollar card. Was um not very nice to me. Like it didn't feel like a oh wow, it's so friendly to new players. Uh, also, it would have been extremely un- unfriendly to new players if they did buy into Starvo and then you immediately LL'd because they didn't like really understand the LL system. Yeah, that. yeah. So I don't know. I just don't think that this is like a very reasonable thing. Like, it's a weird thing that everyone's kind of latched on to discussing. Like, yeah, I mean, a, a few how people do you, how gave do you examples. Design, are you sa- do you want people to design worse, more broken heroes? <laughs> Yeah, it felt like one of the. I mean, some people gave examples where they were like, I, I, they were like, I feel like I see local players getting frustrated when they never win, or like there's people who were like kind of dropping off the game or whatever. Yeah, so do I, but you just keep playing until you win. I don't know. Yeah, not I don't everyone know. can win. Yeah, that's the whole point of a game like that. Yeah, I don't know. So it, it feels like a sort of like there's often conversations like this where people are sort of like making up a new player to like that's what it feels like. It feels <laughs> yeah, like they're sort of making up like, a guy and feeling bad for a guy. Yeah, in, inventing a new player and then getting getting sad for that new player which is like fine to do but i'd like to see more like because this isn't even a complaint you know like there was that whole hubbub where lss shredded the gold foil tunics and you had a bunch of <laughs> dumbasses be like this is why no one wants to play flesh and blood they, they overpriced the legendaries they purposely make them rare like right that people were complaining about that i don't but really it was see mostly magic people it was magic people yeah so it's like i don't even see people saying like man flesh and blood seems so sweaty it's so try hard I'll never play that because I love I love uh, I love Commander or whatever. Like I don't really see takes like that, so it's like I don't know if it's people bouncing off so hard. Yeah, maybe it's just what what we're not seeing, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I I am very interested. I just feel like when people say stuff like, "What do you you when you make points like this?" Like I'm mm-hmm. just curious. Like, what do you want to see from LSS? Like, what kind of change do you actually want? Uh-huh. Do you want more? starvos do you want because it's funny because i have said on the show and i've said when it happened that i kind of thought starvo was cool like i like the idea of having like a little bit overpowered boss of the of the meta Mm -hmm. where like everyone has to figure out how to beat it everyone Mm -hmm. who wants to play it yeah i mean chain did a pretty decent job of beating starvo in certain builds i think yeah Um, and I, i and i think having like a two like well you can play for fun and then if you want to play seriously there's only three choices Right. Like that honestly does feel a little better as a person who wants to win mm-hmm. uh, for me, but yeah. that doesn't feel like a new player issue at all. So it's like, yeah, but, but at the same time, I just don't think it's reasonable to say, well, I want LSS to design heroes that are like above rate on purpose. Yeah. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, maybe the, it is. I don't know. The, the, I don't know. <laughs> the The game is designed to be a competitive game and it's complicated and it has a lot of choice and when you combine complexity and choice, then it's very difficult. It's like pretty difficult to just wander into a win in flesh and blood. So by its design, it's going to be hard for new players. And I don't want them to go away from that at all because it's what makes it so fun right. that it feels like think, you improve on a deck. I think that's really the, th- the case is like when somebody says something that you feel is the opposite of what you want for the game mm-hmm. that people do get defensive or whatever and i don't know i'm not trying to be defensive or anything i just kind of i like to i like to talk discuss stuff right sure like, yeah i mean i don't think lss is changing any any anything for a because while of twi- of, because of twitter discourse right i mean they they <laughs> i mean they definitely listen to the players but yeah like, yeah for sure 
like Outsiders is designed and I'm sure like the next set next couple sets after that at least for like a year right that's what I've heard yeah I don't know what the source is exactly but it would make sense that like they basically have the cards designed for the sets for a while so it's like they know what heroes are coming out I'm sure they have an idea of how balanced they think they'll be like but they've been wrong before so it's like new katsu might just be broken or new azalea or something and we'll have to find out you know but i think it's just strange it becomes another way that flesh and blood feels like the dark souls of card games to me Mm -hmm. where it's a purposefully difficult game Mm -hmm. that has a steep learning curve Mm -hmm. well it doesn't like if you put all of the interactions and mechanics in front of a new player, it is very difficult. If mm. you give them an Ira deck, that's why people have the Ira deck or the Dory versus Reinar yeah, classic yeah. battles. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you attack, you block, you attack, you block. There's a reaction step that's a little bit hard for people to grasp, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying from my own experience. It's a little weird, yeah. Um, arsenaling. There's like a couple weird little things, mm-hmm. but like mostly it's like, okay, this is the game. Then when you add in all the other stuff you can do um, uh-huh. later on with wizards and stuff. Sure. There's then instant speed stuff. Then it's extremely difficult. You have to really understand things, I think, that people aren't used to having to understand yeah. uh, for, and, to play a game. And then honestly, like the most difficult part is that it's like not, you know, a Dark Souls enemy with ai it's a human so like the hardest You're jumping part, directly into dark souls pvp and right. then eating shit and people are like well what do i do and they're yeah, like well yeah. your build sucks one also mm-hmm. you have no idea how to play the game yeah like you don't know what to do you're misplaying every turn like that's the thing it's like <laughs> when you start the game you're probably like playing with a janky deck yeah. and committing a misplay every turn probably you're probably blocking <laughs> with cards you shouldn't you're probably throwing your armor when you shouldn't you're probably not blocking things you really should block 100 percent. you're probably reco- walking into like things. i i look back at some of the things i've done mm-hmm. and cringe because like i just like remember like blocking with grasp like turn two mm-hmm. you know like just why be, like, would i do that block some damage yeah, yeah, yeah. Block a little two damage why not yeah, yeah i get a little value for my armor <laughs> I, yeah. mean, I wasn't even thinking about value i was just thinking about like just using the cards yeah oh, i don't want to take that damage mm-hmm. or whatever i don't know i think i might have understood on hits a little bit and be like well i don't want to take on hits mm-hmm. um whatever point is is that it's difficult it's a difficult game mm-hmm. and that's why i like it right. and so when people say well it should be easier for new players i'm like no stop We've I've had this conversation now for about years Dark about Souls. Dark Souls, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about difficulty in video games, and it just feels like it only kind of leads to the same place. It's like, who are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Do you actually want to play the game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are is there a real person who would play the game if the game was worse? And that's the, how it feels to me, where it's mm-hmm. like, let's make the game worse for some imaginary person yeah that maybe would play a worse game and it's like i don't care about that imaginary person mm-hmm. i want to play the fun game that we have um and it also it has such and then it's also like FromSoft never entering the chat like right <laughs> miyazaki is never going to give you an easy they're mode. never making so an it's easy all mode. sort of unnecessary because it's like mm-hmm. the whole dark souls easy mode conversation is just a conversation to be had like it's it's, yeah. it's not an argument that means anything like even if everybody in the entire souls community was like we want an easy mode here's what it would look like miyazaki Enemies. would be like no 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's just not going to. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like uh, Flesh and Blood has the same solution as Dark Souls, which is that it is difficult, but also relatively easy to explain if somebody else understands it so your opponent will crush you and then they'll explain what their deck is doing i've never played against anyone who is not willing to like tell me what their deck is doing you know what i mean like yeah they'll explain what they're doing they'll explain what you did wrong if you misplayed they'll talk about the matchup you can learn about the meta it's never been easier i think to like find out stuff about the game because you could just go like watch people play on Talishar. You could listen to podcasts. You can like read sideboard guides and deck techs. Like if you are a brand new player, you can jump in and just go like, let me learn how you play dash. And then here's like a guide for every dash sure. matchup. Here's the cards and why they're good in certain matchups. So I think that is like, that's part of the value of dark souls is that it's like difficult enough that you can't just immediately play it. So then people will teach you how. Right. Oh, is this new? No, there's, yeah, that's new. Yeah. Uh, so while we were talking, um, there is a new episode, or, or episode, a new article on fleshandblood.com, uh, mm-hmm. which is not the website, but it's... Uh, Fab TCG. Breezy yeah. has written an article called ProQuest Season 3 Metagame Week 1, mm-hmm. um, which Chris is uh, <laughs> panting like a dog to read. <laughs> uh, so why don't you Monkey tell us what's... sees action. <laughs> Um, neuron activation uh, yeah. i just like to see what the, what they have going on in the meta okay okay it says uh breezy's here uh who's this fella and what does he know about metagame analysis well thankfully i've been given the facts straight from the source so you need not worry about any speculative information or biased opinions here as much as i'd love to tell you that viscera is the best i'll do that on my own time and let the data speak for itself um so I guess he's the one who makes all these pie charts. Maybe that's probably why they hired him or something. Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, he is right right now. I don't know if he always has written these articles. Right. So what we're looking at here why is... Why do they always do it like this? Why can't they just say the percentage <laughs> next right. to the... Just look at the thing. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. How is this this or this? I'm assuming phi is 15%. I think it starts up there. That little white one is Arachne. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah I and see. that is Alia. So this is the metagame breakdown. So we have... So we got phi by far with 15%. Right. We've got Icelander with 10%. Mm-hmm. We've got Dramai at 9 Who's this? Dash at 10%. Oh, yeah. All pretty expected. Dash, Iceland, like, Phi most represented. Dash and Icelander also represented. Um, and this one is Dromai? That, like, wow. 115 local game stores across 32 countries have reported a staggering 4,000-player turnout for our first week of ProQuest. It's pretty crazy 4, to think 4,000 people? 4,000 people came okay, to ProQuest. Just to go back to what we were talking about, I don't think it was that much last year. I don't think so. I feel like we are. Whatever, whatever you're looking at in terms of, in terms of uh, 98 Day XP or whatever, I think we're looking at a lot like a general whatever the like up and down wave is mm-hmm. i think we're looking at a general line of more and more people playing the game i don't i yeah. think just from sales and this kind of data i i i don't think that's i i don't have the data either so yeah it just and i mean obviously lss wants it to look like it's growing so sure yeah who can we really believe <laughs> <laughs> it, so um, it looks like every hero is represented the least is 0.9 percent levia okay was played um but everyone's everyone's there, so that's cool. Every single person. I th- I assume so. I think so because we have Azalea and we have Levia and we have Bolton all represented, and those are usually like wow. the, the least. Is there and even probably Katsu, right? Katsu is there. Yeah, looks like five percent uh-huh. more Katsu. Yeah, one point four percent Bolton. 
Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. 0.9% Leviah. 3.4% Kano. My mm. boy is slipping. He's out there. Uh, yeah. So we've got Draconic Ninja consuming 15%. Um, I want to tip my hat to the 20 brave souls who juggled blood debt with Leviah. <laughs> with Leviah. Uh, I might just do that just to be on the list. I mean, That's actually awesome. Yeah. If it's like there <laughs> were 18 people who played Levia this week. Okay. So then we have the top eights. The winner breakdown. breakdown. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Wait, oh, this is the top eight. Breakdown. So this is how many of each hero made the top eight. It looks about the same. It looks like Oldham is the most in terms of conversion, like double conversion. Yeah. Cause Oldham is like what? Uh, 7%? Seven percent. Seven. And then had 96. Yeah. His, his, his pie, pie looks bigger. His pie I'm looks saying. bigger. Fi's pie looks a little bigger, but not that much bigger right um dramai is doing okay mm-hmm. dramai can do good about looks like everybody like, lots of people top aided with her icelander also a big chunk like her 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 slice is bigger so it's sort of as you'd expect like the the quote-unquote s tier heroes oldham fi icelander the dash make the top eight now the lot. winner is crazy because it's by far oldham wow oh yeah it's by far oldham going crazy uh, Icelander big, big chunk out of out of Fi's uh, fi. slice of the pie. But yeah, when you compare the number of people who brought Fi and the number of people who brought Oldham and then who won, yeah. And actually, this we can tie this back to the battle hardened because the battle hardened in New Jersey was won by Oldham, and mm-hmm. the battle hardened in Leeds was won by Oldham. And I definitely in the in the New Jersey one, the finals was an Oldham mirror. I don't know if it was in Leeds. But I do know in Leeds, the top eight was, I think, five Oldham and three Icelander. And uh, the metagame was very diverse. Like, all different kinds of heroes showed up to both Battle Hardens. But then the people who, like, rose to the top and made it to the top eight were mainly ice decks. I think the only aggro deck that made top eight in Jersey Battle Harden was Briar. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, One. And we were kind of talking. I thought she's, she's talented. Elemental no, Runeblade? Only aggro hero. Oh, aggro hero. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, we've kind of talked about this off off mic some that it's like, it's interesting to try to analyze because uh, it sometimes feels like Oldham is just the hero that the really good players play. Like some of the best players have sure. a lot of experience on Oldham and it's like a meta where you can play whatever hero you think you're good at. Yeah. And whatever is like, if it's an open meta, you're like, hey, Oldham's good. But I don't know. Meta. I mean, uh, yeah. And I mean, we were just talking about how player expression and player skill is so important in this game mm-hmm. in terms of how how good it is or, or how how easy it is to win. Um, but it's hard to imagine that a middling deck would be uh, the number one winner just because of the Pro better play. Like if every if everyone like... Gosh, it's hard to imagine a yeah, comparison, but it's if every good player for whatever reason played Kano, yeah, I don't think it'd be the same. Like, yeah, I think, no, I think you're right. I think it's like, especially at a ProQuest level, where it's like, you know, the like one of the people who made top eight at the New Jersey Battle Harden was Michael Fang, who we have played often locally because he lives in New Jersey, and like, he's just someone who seems really, really strong analytic he has a strong analytical mind for the game and like sure every time i play him it feels like he's outplaying me and like if someone like that is playing oldham i'm like okay you're like so good that you're outplaying everyone but like at every pro like i see what you're saying that it's like even if it's the best players playing oldham it still is like if they're consistent it's also winning, a really good deck it's also just a really good deck yeah 
um considering he has winter's whale and <laughs> and yeah. shield yeah no one really gives the same flack to winter's whale that they give to rosetta i think it was just they that Ro- really should though. rosetta was just everywhere rosetta is in was in chain it was in briar because it was, it was her weapon Viscerai, it was, was in better than chain for a time when when Viscerai had the combo yeah yeah but- rune, Bla- rune blades were really running the show for a hot second there mm-hmm. um, but whale was just in starvo when he was the best deck and then he left and then it was oldham and that's interesting to think about like Starvo <laughs> Starvo having Winter's Whale was just like that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> uh but Oh, like, I didn't draw my fuse. Let's just attack <laughs> you super efficiently and block and then look for my fuse next turn. Right. Why uh, not wait around? Because I think it felt it felt like a piece of how broken Starvo was, right? Like it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like well, clearly it's because he has Winter's Whale. Um mm-hmm. it was like also Hey, of course, he also gets one of the best weapons in the game. Yeah. Um. But now I think they should. <laughs> that that is a very annoying weapon. They should take it away from all them. No, no, I don't think they should take it away. But oh, I they, mean, people like, should complain. If people are going to complain about Rosetta, like Winter's Whale is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like that card is nuts. It's really crazy. Yeah. It's How one-handed. is it one-handed? So he can wear a shield. <laughs> He's just that strong. He's that jacked from sleeping for a century or whatever he did. Imagine if Rosetta Thorn. I guess what well, what else would you put in your other hand if you're if you were Viscerai? Two Rosettas. Oh right. <laughs> you would just farm an action point off your creepers and be like Rosetta for two and two second. Wait, Rosetta. could you? I guess could you have two Winter's Whale? Uh. I guess what would you do? I guess I don't actually. Are you allowed to have two Winter's <laughs> Whale? I never actually thought about it. I guess you could. There's just like so little ways to get action points as a guardian. Right. So like the utility of swinging with it twice is kind of like, it's kind of moot. Like Sledge of Anvilheim technically is not a once right. per turn. That's action. the only reason Rosetta is two handed because you could easily do it twice. You could get action points. Yeah. Yeah. You could give it go again or you could just yeah. have an extra action you point. You get creepers in a, a go again something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then or you could build your shit around that. Yeah. Like you could just be like, Isles I'm running is is non attacks with go again so that I can Rosetta two times yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think Winter's Whale is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I get why it's one handed so that because they want him to have a shield too. Yeah. And the shield the whole shield concept was cool. It's still I love the shields. They're great. But um yeah, it's messed up, I think. But anyway, so we're seeing Oldham win all over the t- all over the town. That's mm-hmm. what we saw at the Battle Hardened. Um, yeah, I played Icelander. Chris played Phi. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I I got there on Battle Horde early. Woke up at seven a.m. Mm-hmm. or maybe even earlier six six thirty or something. Waking up at six thirty in the damn morning to get in my friend's car, mm-hmm. drive to the Battle Hardened, sit down and. F- and fight one of the guys I rode there with. <laughs> that was really stupid. I was like... You fought two people in a row, right? And then the guy who drove. Yeah. Well, I fought Leo and I fought Matt. You paired into two in people a row. in the first two rounds. Yeah, we had and some... To, make, to add insult to injury, I lost both games. Yeah. Um, then I won mm-hmm. three. Um, so we both went three, five. I just... He won his first two. Yeah. And I lost my first two. We both had annoying first round pairings for different reasons. Yours for like a much more annoying reason where you're just paired into you're the one person you know, one of the few two people, people you, I know. Yeah, out of out of a hundred something people. Mine was uh 
I showed up, I was like filling out my deck list and also they paired the rounds. So I went to sit down and I saw as I was sitting down Lexi sleeves on my opponent. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> say it ain't say it's not Lexi. Maybe he just likes the sleeves. And I sat down and was like, who are you playing? And he said, I'm playing Lexi. And internally I'm like, Oh no, I'm there's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to like, I just accepted like I'm taking a round one loss. There's no way I make top eight. How is Fi going to be Lexi? This is a nightmare matchup. And I did get there somehow. Uh, <laughs> Command and Conquer helped. Uh, he kind of drew brick hands early that didn't give me frostbites and were all blue arrows. So like, I managed to get off like a twenty-something damage mask turn, ma- pouncing links. And yeah. he was pretty. He was like at a big life deficit, and then it was one of those like, the tempo like I just had to block constantly, and then eventually chipped him down. But it was a very tight game. Uh, it was very scary. And then you fought Lexi again, right? No, my second round opponent was a Kano. <laughs> round one, I fought oh Lexi. God. Then I fought a Kano, and I was like, wow, once again, okay, I just leaving it up to chance here if I win or not. Um, I played it pretty well. I mean, there's not much you interact with Kano other than a being and uh, had a good like art of war turn with pouncing links. And then he was, he had to try to go off with like nothing but reds. So he just bricked horribly and couldn't uh, deal me enough damage with the, uh, the Aether wildfire. And then I killed him. So killed Alexi, killed a Kano was on top of the world. Then I paired into a Bravo and I just got crushed to death. Nice. Yeah. It, uh, that was tough. Two the battle hardened, but then we, then you only won one more game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was, it was a fun time. I mean, I, I felt a real, like, real sense of security, false sense of security from the armory. Oh, yeah. I, wa- I won. The day before we went to, like, the big armory event at SCG Con. And, and both of us won two games. Yeah. Well, I won two games and then I drew one, which felt like I would have won, but it was oh, yeah. Arachne and you it just to took a really long time. Arachne's tough, yeah. And you won three, I thought. Well, so I guess I just got lucky and my first round opponent didn't show up. So I got oh, a, fr- I got a got free a win and then I I won my next two. So I ended up like with a really good record where I only lost in the last round to Michael Feng, who, you know, <laughs> so... Right. Uh, because I yeah first round I don't don't know who my opponent was playing I played a friendly with our friend Tony and I did win so I I got a little it was really annoying because it was like we traveled all this way and then sat down and then everyone else was playing and I was just sitting there and so it was good to like do a little friendly and like get my deck in my hands and sure get yeah. a little practice um and then round two I did end up playing a five mirror I think like the second round so you I won- like the five mirror I mean you just go for it you know it's not always. Uh, <laughs> It's like any mirror. You just like hope you draw the better cards, kind of. Um, I definitely did. He put me going first, and I arsenaled an Art of War and just dealt him 30 damage, and the game was basically <laughs> over there. Um, so I won that one, and then the third round I had a Briar. Wait, you arsenaled an Art of War, and then on on your second turn you dealt him 30 damage? Yeah, on like the first real turn, I just like dealt uh-huh. a shitload of damage. Um, then I played a Briar, and he was kind of bricking, so he had to block a lot, and that one was easy. And then I played Oldham, and uh, it sucked. And I got Oldham <laughs> to death. Michael Fang's Oldham. Michael Fang. Yeah. yeah. Well, that happens. And and that one was it was weird too. Like it was sort of like this uh, this event was making me think about like what you can and can't take away from Talishar games because like based on playing on Talishar, I've been sort of like okay, like Oldham can be hard, but like it's not that good into Fi. I feel like it's actually yeah, yeah. kind of bad <laughs> at stopping Fi. Um, like. You know, yeah, playing me as Icelander, you might think Icelander sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but it was also like a deck building thing too, because I kept playing Oldham's with Crown of Seeds and being like, "Man, that's not doing that much." And then Michael Fang sat down with Crown of Providence, right. and I think people realized that's the better choice against Fi, and they figured out how to play against Fi better. And you know, he made zero, zero mistakes, 
I'm sure. sure. So it's like in that situation and Bravos too, like Bravos that are like really built for Fi and dealing a ton of damage and disruption and stuff. It's like kind of hard to get around. Right. So it was interesting to actually like go and play against like really top tier players and not just no, no shade to people on Talishar. I'm sure some of them are top tier, but you can get a false sense of security a little bit. No, of course. I mean, you know, even when you put like competitive CC, like it's right. still just a bunch of people like us hoping to hoping to play people who are also trying really hard. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to find. And this is what I was saying to you off off mic. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think this is why teams are important, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can measure the kinds of per- people you're testing into. Yeah. Like Talishar, I just feel like isn't like the best testing just feels like how does this deck work like that's yeah. what it's good for right it's and like, that's very important for some decks to can just i have reps can i make this work what do i do in this situation how much damage does that do mm-hmm. like it's great to test for yourself but mm-hmm. in terms of like actually learning how to fight against good players it's it's not very good for that um it, it like occasionally you'll have you'll have some games where it's like really tight and it's hard to get there and that, sure that but you, you don't learn. know how much better that person is than you mm-hmm. like they might just be another random person. Mm-hmm. Um, you're very rarely like knowing that you're fighting Michael Hamilton or Michael Fang or Yanji or yeah, you know somebody who's won a calling or a, a pro tour. You know, like I, I did have that experience once because I ran into Kale McCreef on Talishar. Oh, and as he's, Bravo, right? As Bravo, because he only plays Bravo. He's played like thousands of games of Bravo, <laughs> and like I don't even know what it was exactly, but there was just like something different about the way he played where I was just like, oh, he's making no mistakes and has like a complete instinctual mastery of what this <laughs> deck is doing. And it was really scary. It was like so much harder than Bravo usually feels. And it's not like I even beat Bravo every time. It's not the best matchup. Sometimes he gets there, but it felt like he was just like, I know how to make my deck get there. Did he win? Yeah, he crushed me. <laughs> well, Do you know what to do now? I mean, not let him pummel a crippling crush, I guess. <laughs> every time? No, just once. I think it, like a- after the game, he was like, if you, because I had a sink in Arsenal and I like played the sink below and used armor to like stop the crush and then he pummeled it. So I lost my cards anyway. And he was like, I think you should have just kept the sink in Arsenal and like started the game at 28 life, basically. Like lose that turn and then just like start playing the next turn. Mm. Like play around the fact that you could get pummeled and not like waste the sink, basically. Interesting. Yeah. Seems really scary. So he's saying do the price is right meme yeah just be like take 15 damage or whatever oh 30 damage okay i'll take it <laughs> yeah fi is just yeah a no man. blocks <laughs> fi is just a man with uh 39 points of life that he does not care about at all and a dream to kill you and that's what he's doing <laughs> he is he's hot-headed he does not care about protecting his life total yeah. in any way you can if you want to if you want to have a revolution you can't care about your life yeah he's just burning his way to the emperor <laughs> Except then he gets there and Arachne's killed the Emperor already. Right, Jeremiah and Fire both are like, what the fuck? I was going to kill this guy. Come on. Uh, we'll have to find out more about their stories in some other set because Outsiders is coming in March. And God damn, am I excited. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, I do, I do agree with Tarek that, like, for me, I want more Broken Heroes. Mm. Like, I want Outsiders to have somebody who I can just, like, throw a meat hook at them and just do 20 damage every turn you know what i mean <laughs> i don't think he's gonna be much like that but i don't think he's gonna be like that either it sounds like a very defensive type of play but mm-hmm. i mean if they can if they figured out a way to make like I mean, traps are defense reactions right and yeah honestly if they figured out a way to make defensive ranger work he's just gonna be poison oldham 
Right. I was going to say like the one weakness, the one big weakness of both Rangers is defense. Like their armor doesn't block. We're talking about Riptide from Outsiders, by the way. (laughs) Riptide in the new set. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Lexi and Azalea each in different ways struggles to block because like their cards don't block super well and they have no blocking armor. So like if there's a Ranger that can like effectively block with traps and then also do other Ranger stuff, Rangers have some crazy cards. They have some very powerful cards. I know. They have I the think only he's going to be very tall, and I think he's going to be very defensive, mm. and I think he's going to basically just be the new Oldham. Like toxic Oldham? And I'm going to get in on the ground floor that on that shit, cool. and I'm going to win. Yeah. That's how it's going to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's only one class in the game that has a card that says draw three cards. They have the power nine. Ancestral Recall. That's true. They do say that. Mm. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I'm very excited for Outsiders. We have no new information um mm, yeah that's true nothing new people continue to theorize about the co- codex of frailty mm-hmm. a word a weird amount of people can't say yeah uh, it's just frailty it's right? frailty yeah um what are they saying frailty 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 frail people to put too many l's mm, yeah i think they're just not used to saying frailty right um but no worries no, we don't judge here. Say it however, say you, it want. however you want. It doesn't yeah, fucking yeah. matter. Who cares? We know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you don't say Icelander, Icelander. That's the hill. I'll, I don't know. <laughs> People call her like Eastlander or Eastlander or something. I, I, I'm not a fan of that one. Icelander is the pun. It's a stupid pun. I agree. Chris but. can hate all he wants. I don't judge <laughs> you personally. Like, you like Eastlander? I don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have fun playing Eastlander? Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> so uh, we don't have much information, you know, I'm just very excited. Codex of Frailty mm-hmm. um, is, the more I think about it, a good card. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, it looks like we're maybe getting some like graveyard interactions. I'm a little sad about three Marvels. Only three Marvels? Only three. Yeah. It's it's less. It's a lot less. And they they keep going down. It almost, it feels at this point, now no, that you mention it. No. Like, no. Uprising. Uh, Dynasty had way more than Uprising. Dynasty had more? It had more than like every How many Marvel dragons dragon. are there? I don't know, like 15? How many weapons are there? Less than 15? I don't think so. I don't know. We, 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 should, we should look. We can actually fact check this because maybe you're well, right. We're trying, to, we're trying to wrap this up here. I know, I know. But uh, that is a good, a good question. Because what, what can you look at? The uh, set release or something? Mm, oh, yeah. Product releases. It says how many Marvels. Um, Dynasty has uh, 14 Marvels. Okay. Hey, it was less than 15. I nailed it. <laughs> uh, Uprising has question mark, question mark, question mark, Marvels? question mark. They Marvels? didn't tell us. Well, well, there's a lot of dragons. There's a lot of dragons and there's also an Icelander Marvel mm-hmm. a, and a Phoenix flame Marvel. That's true. And a, um, Ash Marvel. I think there's, there's I think more. there's probably more. Yeah. So Uprising. I'm saying it feels like they in, up, in Uprising were like, Hey, here's tons of Marvels. Also the ones for the rarer cards are pretty easy to hit relatively so get a lot of them dynasty it was like okay chill out a little bit it's they're, all majestic they're majestic so they're hard to hit now there's only three or they're legendary now they're just majestic yeah so maybe it's becoming a thing that is like sprinkled in all right one last question before we go okay flake matt demarco uh-huh. posted calling it reprint fable oh what do you think will it be a reprint fable um I think no, because... Command and Conquer style, obviously. Right, Command and Conquer style. Yeah, I've heard people theorize like E-Strike as the reprint or like Art of War or something, just like more stables. Yeah, yeah. I feel like no, because it's not a 
supplemental set and expansion set it's it, right it's not an expansion set so i think it'll be something or other that inner that is like about the pits or something like because i feel like that's not something they want to give up on doing is like putting out a like themed like we haven't had had a location in a while so maybe there'll be some kind of like landmark yeah landmark maybe there'll be like the yeah, tavern i i agree i think i think it probably won't i think they'll continue and I fall, depending on my mood, I mm. fall pretty on different sides on the fabled conversation. Mm. Somebody was kind of saying like, heart really seems like it's a good playable card that if you want to be competitive, like running Icelander or something, mm. you probably should have it. Yeah. Um, Michael Hamilton said he didn't think he would have won worlds if he didn't have <laughs> well, it. Well, he said, I don't know. It's a pretty good card. Yeah. I, um, I think he said probably not. So. Yeah. It, so, I mean, I... I I don't think the thing is, is like you probably aren't going to go to the world Mm -hmm. worlds, you know, like, (laughs) like you're probably not going to win your battle hardened or your pro quest. Sure. Right. Like let alone, like if you're going, if you get a PTI, sure. Buy the, buy the heart or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like if if you, if you test it and you're like, I win 5% more games if I have this right, thing. But we're talking about very thin margins. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's reasonable to be like new players feel like they need this. It's like, no, <laughs> just tell them they don't because right. we're talking about like very slim margins of like, they want it getting cool one over have. the best players, like on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. you know, on a sometimes consistent basis. I've heard of people. I've definitely talked to really good players being like, I think I'm cutting heart because it's too situational or too slow or whatever. <laughs> Sure. But There's whatever. all kinds of cards people are like, yeah, I'll actually cut this. Like, sometimes people just play like 10 cent common armor over a tunic because it's actually better. Right. I think that hearts and eyes are not so good that I think they should be less playable. I mean, I think if 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 the only way to get a command and conquer was a fabled, that would be too playable. Right. That's like, true. That also, is eminently if you, playable. If you want three of them in your deck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even if it was only we could have one of it. Um, yeah. It would still be like any deck that can run pummel, like a guardian deck. Is, like a, or is a Gorganian incredible. tome. Yeah. Where it's just like. Rune blade is like, oh, this card's crazy. It draws you a card <laughs> God, for free. Can you imagine if you could only have, if you have three of those in yeah. Viserai every turn. <laughs> oh man. Um, but then the Viserai mirror where it's like whoever plays the last one just like draws six cards. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot how that worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's almost, I think it's been relevant for me like once ever when playing it. Right generally want to play it second if you can but yeah oh well. i just never played against runeblades very much when i was um, playing, playing briar fun card but cool card yeah um yeah i think like even if i think that being a, a gem would be a little much command and conquer uh gorganian tone like yeah. i feel like if you're gonna make a card that playable you should make it legendary but mm-hmm. the pitching thing where it like doesn't even block like it's such a downside mm-hmm. like it's really only for people who are going to a pro tour mm-hmm. or who pulled it like yeah. me. <laughs> sure. um, I'm bragging. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, I see the concern where it's like, I hope they, they shouldn't keep printing things that are like heart that like easily make their way into competitive decks and like are arguably better than not having it. No, I do. It. I think they, they should. I think it should be something that is like a nice thing to run sure yeah i think and i think it's good yeah i guess it's sort of arguable like i just I, is, like necessary to run or, i guess like, i just think as someone it. who really likes opening packs the idea of pulling a fabled like blood of Drakai where no one wants it mm-hmm. 
is lame. It is not worth it. It feels much. really bad to be like, oh my God, I pulled a fable. Too bad it doesn't fucking do anything. I don't want and it. And nobody wants it. Like yeah, it's yeah. like $40, right? Mm-hmm. And it's only $40 because of how rare it is. If it was a legendary, it'd be 20. Yeah. If it was a majestic, it'd be one cent. It'd be $1. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's like, it's not yeah, a valuable sure. card because sure. people don't want to play it. Mm-hmm. And I fully believe that someone's going to figure that card out or they're going to print a hero that needs it. It could change. Yeah. It's like, there's so many, and like, it'll be playable. This game has a very long, and that's an interesting thing to do is release a gem or a fabled mm-hmm. that sucks now. So that if you want it and you are smart, you'll <laughs> buy it now. And then you won't complain when it's worth $500. People will always complain though. Like <laughs> there was a time when, I mean, not but it that, would be a good idea. It'd be funny. Yeah. Like we weren't around for it, but storm striders used to be worth like $30. I think I remember someone saying online, like I made a lot of money buying up a bunch of storm striders and uh, valiant dynamo when they weren't worth much and then selling them off. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, I bought a skull crap, a uh, skull crap, uh, a, a skull bone cross strap. Can't say that one. I bought one and then immediately pulled one out of a history pack. And now they're, I bought one for what? $19. Yeah. Something really cheap. You bought it when it was like so cheap that it was like, I can't not, I can't not, not buy this. Yeah. I just buy legendaries when they're below this. $30. Right. Cause like, they're legendaries. I'll they will be worth hang it. on to them. Cause someone's going to find out when they're good. And then. Like it's not going to take a year for that hero to be. Or they'll just print new cards. Like you know, they they seem to have a very like considering that, like Azalea. I, I feel like in the uprising meta, like when uprising had just come out, and like Azalea and Katsu were both like pretty un unplayed heroes. Like Azalea, Katsu, and like Levia, maybe Bolton. So, like, yeah, they printed new Bolton legendary. They print they're printing new Azalea and Katsu. Like it feels like they were they're really starting to target. Like they're they're finding times to like target heroes that need help. Yep. Because they want things to be very balanced. Mm-hmm. Keep everything moving up in power level together. Until they make a new Starvo. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm saying is that Fabled's, I think, should be nice and playable. Like a nice little... Yeah. Put one of them in your deck and it makes your deck just 2% better. They shouldn't be too... They shouldn't be too shitty because then, like you said, they're only worth 40 bucks and it's not fun to pull. Right. It needs to be a balance. The whole point is that it's fun to pull. It's a Fable. It's a Fable. Mm-hmm. So that's our opinions for this week. Thank you for being here with us in the Banished Zone. Um, we now have a Discord. The Discord link oh, should be in the description. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now taking pre-orders for box openings. And I'm going to try to start doing box battles. Uh, if you like box battles or you want to spend 40 bucks, 50 bucks to see if... Uh, you can beat another person and get a whole box for that price. Mm-hmm. Um, just let me know. Yeah, we'll yeah. do it. We already have one person who signed up to get a box of Outsiders broken on like release night, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on Outsiders. I'm going to go to the store, mm-hmm. set up the whole streaming software there, and then open my boxes and then open um, cust- viewers' boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, go to the Discord. That'll or be fun. Just open the, um, go to the, uh, the little uh, document down there yeah. fill out a little form if, or, enough, if enough people show sign up then you'll be opening multiple cases because you're getting we're gonna be like sharing one case between us and then yep. someone else has a box so three more boxes suddenly it's two cases it's suddenly it's two cases yeah so if you want that to happen mm-hmm. let's see it let's get that fabled that'd be cool i think that would be very fun if we got the fabled i think it'd be great if we got a marveled we'll see i'm very excited um so wish us luck 
by the time you see this, we're probably already playing our pro quests. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. So next episode we'll have all kinds of, I will probably pro be playing a recap. shit deck mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> for the fun of it because I'm kind of just tired of trying to be good at Icelander because I'm not. Icelander um, seems fucking punishing. I gotta say. It's very punishing and I just want to kind of have fun at the pro quest. I don't really think I'd even, I don't think I'd top eight even if I did play a good deck. Mm-hmm. This, this, I think if I had swallowed my pride and just practice dash, mm. I think I'd have a chance. Sure. Dash pretty good. Or or just also played five, which I feasibly could have also done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, and it's two days away, and I think I'm just going to play a brute or something for fun. You should do it. Um, you guys should play Kano for fun, or is it just not fun to play against all the broken decks that beat it? I thought about that today, and yeah. I'm not sh- I just don't. I just don't know. We'll see. Okay. Um, I just love breaking dragons and I know there's going to be some dramas there. Right. So I like having all the sixes. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. It's like revenge for Kano that, yeah. The, yeah. The pops. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. This has been the banner zone. I keep wanting to say, I keep wanting to go, go to patreon.com slash banner zone, but that doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it will someday. Because if you want us to ma- have it exist, uh, let us know. Again, we'd have to figure out what the content would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that doesn't exist yet. But do follow me on Twitter at Banish Zone. Follow Chris at Blue mm-hmm, Plunder mm-hmm. Run. Um, see you in the Discord, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Until next time, you're banished. You're banished. You're banished.